From plastic banknotes to Eregard, the inventions of Australia's CSIRO are worn like a badge of honour by scientists and I think the broader public alike. And it's not that it's a competition, but America's multi-billion dollar National Science Foundation has a similar legacy from funding research that created the internet, Google, smartphones, the first photo of a black hole, uh, and even American Sign Language, the organisation is no stranger to innovation. This week, the NSF announced a multi-million dollar partnership with our very own CSIRO. Its director, Sutharaman Panchanathaman, has been meeting with his counterparts and ministers in Canberra and joins us now. Welcome to breakfast. Delighted to join you. Good morning to you. Tell me about the National Science Foundation. What sort of role does it play in American society? The National Science Foundation was founded in 1950 by an act of Congress, essentially to promote the mission of progress of science and how that might then play a role in terms of guaranteeing in advanced health, prosperity, welfare, and securing the national defense. That is the mission of NSF. But over the last seven decades, NSF has made tremendous progress. You alluded to, to that in your prefacing remarks. And there are many, many examples of the successes that NSF has made possible primarily for society, humanity, and economy. You've announced a partnership with the CSIRO, awarding university grants to researchers investigating solutions to pandemics. That's certainly front of mind for many people still. Emissions, another big issue, and drought, all with artificial intelligence. Why is that the focus? The, you know, as you can imagine, AI has tremendous potential in all walks of life. And as you think about that, one of the things that you want to pay attention to is that we are advancing the AI possibilities with the mindset of responsible AI so that we can actually build trust in people so that they may look at AI and say the AI solutions, you know, should be free of bias and that it addresses issues like privacy, security, and ensure that, you know, it is working for everyone and for every aspect of what we do. So in order to build that trust, we thought that we will launch with, in partnership with Australia, in, uh, with CSIRO uh, and NSF working together, you know, what might we do to work in areas like pandemic uh, you know, resilience or um, uh, hazard resilience, things of that nature to build you know, solutions that are much more considered trustworthy. These grants will support research into so-called ethical artificial intelligence. Can we just explore this idea of ethics in AI? Obviously, there are uh, so many concerns, I think, in the community about where AI might go. How do you create a sort of ethical model for it? So I think, first of all, you have to have the intention to want to make sure that you want to create AI that is ethical AI. That's the first thing. And I think there is that clear understanding that is exceedingly important. How do you go about doing that? You know, sometimes what happens is we build technologies like AI and others, of course, clearly with the excitement of wanting to make sure that those technologies, you know, provide solutions for a variety of challenges that we face. But what we do then is we realize, oh, there are these challenges. Now let's bring social behavioral science humanists and other folks into the equation, policy and other folks into the equation to see how we can address the challenges that have arisen from the fact that we did not factor those things like ethics in the first place. So what we have learned from this process is that this should not be an afterthought, that this should be something that should be part of the conceptualization, the design and the building of AI and AI solutions. So that's what makes possible, you know, robust and ethical ways of moving technology forward, in this case, ethical AI. 
ChatGPT is currently the most famous AI tool. Everyone's talking about it. Here in Australia, almost every state and territory has banned or restricted the program. What do you make of the hesitancy around it, especially in schools? I think it's important to understand the tremendous potential that ChatGPT presents, but at the same time, there are inherent challenges. You know, whenever technology is rolled out like this, which is very exciting, then people start to go back and look at what are the limits of the technology? What are the things that are positives and also, you know, the, the, the negatives of the, of the technology? And what that does do for certain applications, like deploying it in schools, as you, as you just alluded to, and to see if we can understand how we can address the negatives and make Make sure that this technology is providing the outcomes that we desire, but mitigating or eliminating the negative aspects. And I think we are going through that right now, uh, trying to understand what this is. And clearly, all of us are in awe in terms of our own in- interfacing with ChatGPT and what it can do. But at the same time, we all realize that this is a moment to take a pause and think about what does it mean for that specific application that we are launching that into and how might we do better and that's, I think, the, the, the process that we are going through right now. This goes back to the previous point that you raised, that is, how do we get ethical AI? I mean, it's just that we want to make sure that we bring everybody into the equation and have such conversations as technology is built and deployed. What is one thing you think people need to know about artificial intelligence that will help us to understand and potentially even embrace it? It has tremendous potential, but it, one has to understand that AI by itself versus AI and humans working together. I call it a co-aptive, co-adaptive, co-evolving together can actually produce some fantastic possibilities for us, solving problems faster, better, stronger. All of that can be made possible if we take AI and start to look at how it can unleash possibilities. I mean, this is no different from when the digital revolution came about. People had a lot of questions, right? You know, they were wondering, is it going to eliminate jobs? Are bank tellers not going to be needed anymore? Is everything going to be ATMs? And then we realized that there is a role for humans and there is a role for technology and how that then delivers better service for people and better lives for people. And that's what this is going to do at the Mm. end of the day. Humans and AI working together for better futures for everybody everywhere. Do you think it's delivered on that promise? Better services? I think it is. I mean, in large parts, you would say that it is delivering better service. But as I said earlier, there are challenges, inherent challenges. And so, you know, sometimes you see them and then you just get, you know, uh, you you just get worried about it. Mm. And it's important to, you know, take the worry and try to find creative solutions to address the worry. But even more important to learn from those experiences to see how we can do better with the next generation of technologies that are coming about and that is being envisioned at this point in time. Thank you so much for joining us. Such an interesting conversation. Thank you for having me this morning. Have That's a wonderful day. You too. The director of the US National Science Foundation, Seth Raman, Panchanathan, and you're listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app. Hi, podcasters. Just thought I'd give a quick shout out to The Science Show. I read your text so I know you all love a good science story. Of course you do. So check out The Science Show with the fabulous Robin Williams on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.